0: You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cubs fans? Welcome to Locked On Cubs. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can follow me on Twitter. That's at Joe Kilgallen. If you're into stand-up comedy, I got a YouTube channel. Check that out, youtube.com slash Joe Kilgallen. Nearly three hours of stand-up comedy content there for you. And, of course, do not forget to follow this podcast on Twitter. That is at Cubs. I want to start off by saying how thankful I am to all the listeners. We have cracked the top 25 on Apple Podcasts in the baseball category. That means of all the baseball podcasts in all the land, only 24 have more listeners than us. It's pretty great. And I am saying "us this, this is a wee situation here. So thank you all very much for checking out Locked On Cubs and being a listener. If you don't subscribe, click that subscribe button. If you'd like to write a review, go for it. Got a lot of one-star reviews recently because of some stuff that was taken out of context by the fan base in which the Cubs are facing this weekend. Go figure. Huh? Go figure. All right. We'll be talking about, uh, we'll be talking a little Cubs socks action coming your way. The Cubs have called up someone from AAA Iowa that should pique our interest. So I'll be getting into that and all sorts of other stuff about, uh, you know, these final two months of Chicago Cubs baseball that we're all about to endure. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our lockdown rooms. You're going to enjoy it. All right, Cubs fans. Cubs lost two out of three to the Colorado Rockies. And uh, there was a few bright spots. Rafael Ortega has been absolutely on fire in the leadoff spot. He is a 30-year-old center fielder who's played parts of different seasons. It's interesting, actually. I think he made his pro debut in 2014 and then didn't show up again until 2017 and then kind of bounced around. The Cubs picked him up. He starts the year in Des Moines and lights out absolutely crushing the ball. So then the Cubs bring him up and he was solid enough for us. But then we're just like, ah, this this guy's a fifth outfielder. Ah, He's he's fine. Throw him in there at the end of a game, pinch hit. All right, whatever. And then with some stuff shuffling about, he gets a real go at playing time where it's like, all right, let's see what you could do every day. And it was even before the trades went down. It was after Jock Peterson was traded, which happened fresh out the gates from the all-star break. Jock Peterson went to Atlanta for first base prospect Bryce Ball, who's a big, 6'6, six, six, 250 pound guy. Who knows how, what's good to make a Bryce ball just yet? Anyhow, let's focus on Rafael Ortega. So it's like, all right, Rafi, going out there. I think people are nicknaming him Hot Sauce, which I hope he's cool with. But, you know, the worst thing in the world is when someone gives you a nickname you don't want. Has that ever, ever happened to you? Or someone out of nowhere, they just call you, start calling you, hey, they Jimbo. And you're like, do not call me Jimbo. My name is Peter. Why would you guys call me Jimbo? You ever have friends like that? I had some cool nicknames, actually. I was Joey K, and then I was Special K. And I liked that because I pitched a little bit. So I was like, the K, that's for strikeout, not just my last name, you know? And then uh, one time, I'll here's a little side story for you. This is the type of season we're in. You ever ever watch a baseball broadcast when the team's not doing well and the announcers just start talking about nonsense? That's what I'm going to do very briefly for you guys. When I was about 20 years old, I want to say, there was uh, right by Lincoln and Fullerton in Chicago, you know, I had some friends who went to DePaul. So we we're going down there uh, doing a little bit of bar hopping. I cut through a little alley off what the McDonald's was over there. I don't even know if the McDonald's is still there off the of Fullerton there. And I had to urinate. So I did that. And then an undercover police car pulled up and I was midstream. So I wasn't going to stop at that point. So I just kind of gave them the, one second. You know, I, I, at a certain point you accept your fate. And that's what I was doing. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get a public urination ticket. All right, hopefully it's not too crazy. They can't get me on like a decent exposure because I'm, I'm pretty tucked away over here. I was in a really good spot between two dumpsters. Only the rats can see it, you know, and they liked it, I bet. But anyhow, and so I was just like, all right, whatever. And I'm giving him my information. And, uh, you know, he's just like, okay. And my two, a couple of my friends are laughing in the background. and like, what, What? Can you just go into the bath? You know, they're giving me that whole spiel. I don't know why they even bother with that. I feel like they have to do the parenting thing. It's like there's a bathroom right there. They could have gone. I'm like, yes, I'm well aware of it. Thank you, but just let's let's get this over with, okay? I know, I clearly know the mistake has been made. And then he was asking any AKAs, any aliases, and my idiot friend yells out, "Special K," like because he said nickname. Any AK, you know, also known as any nicknames, aliases. And I look at him like he's an idiot because Special K is also like a nickname for the drug PCP. So right away, they're like, why do they call you special K? And I was like, oh, I pitched in high school, you know, K strike gun. Like, you're a pitcher? I'm like, yeah, I wasn't that good, though. You know, was, I didn't really excel at anything. I, You know, I had a nasty little sl- slider, but that was about it. And I was like, well, what high school did you go to? I told them the high school. They ripped up the ticket and said, be smarter next time and drove off. So, hey, sometimes a nickname gets you out of a jam. The high school I went to, I think the two cops went to. So that also worked. All right, little fun, little anecdote for everybody there. So Ortega, though, is just absolutely killing it. And it's it's nice to see. He seems like a fun ball player. He plays an a above-average center field. He has been um, hitting for power, hitting for a good, strong contact rate as well, just doing a lot of the little things. So that's a fun thing to be rooting for right now as Cubs fans. And the other news is a player acquired in the Andrew Chafin to the Oakland A's deal, one Greg Deckman, he is now being called up to the show. He had been tearing it up in AAA for Oakland and then playing very well for the Cubs in Iowa. And it's now his time, which is like, thank you. This is what this time is for is to seeing players like this. Call up some of these friends, AAA guys that you're like, maybe, maybe they've got a future. Revis should be playing at first base right now. This Schwindel guy, Frank Schwindel or whatever his name is. Another guy from Oakland, I guess, uh, Nice story. I'm not saying you don't belong on a major league roster, but you shouldn't be getting the bulk of the playing time at first base. When we have a guy in Iowa who's been crushing it, bring up Brevis, play him at first base. Okay. You're going to put Bodie at second with Nico out Uh shortstop. Let Alcantara play there because he's 24. Andrew Romaine or Romain. He is 35. Again, I'm glad you're still playing professional baseball. I would trade places with you in a heartbeat, but I don't want you starting for a team that needs to figure out its future. Then you throw Patrick wisdom at third. The uh, Matt Duffy, who's bad. I like you. He could play left field a little bit or kind of rotate him out. He really hasn't looked right since coming back up. Matt Duffy. I mean, the plate approach is still pretty there, but there still seems to be something off. I don't know. Maybe he's depressed. Maybe he's like the fans. Maybe he really loved Javi, Bryant and Rizzo. And he just, every time he goes in the locker room, he's like, I miss those guys. Javi was so much fun. Chris Bryant showed up with the best dips. He made a good dip. You know, Rizzo, great poker player. I don't know. Maybe he misses like playing video games with them. He just seems a little off right now. But Deckman and left field. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Jason Hayward's going on the DL or IL, I should say. And uh, I don't know why. Maybe it's a phantom injury. Maybe it's an injury that needs to sustain the rest of the season. Say, so, hey, look, Jay, hey, this has not been your year. Okay? You're getting $23 million a year. We don't need to apologize to you for anything. We need to look at some people. You're getting an early uh, off season. The offseason started for you now. You could golf clubs, you know what I mean? Go, uh, go, straighten out that left arm. Try, try to work on that slice, because you—not to be a jerk—Jason Hayward has a slice. If you look at any Cubs player and think of them as a golfer, Hayward is slicing the ball. It's just a fact. So I, I want to see Deckman in right field, then Matt Duffy in left at this point, or no, Ian Hap, because Ian Hap is still only twenty-six, and of course have shown flashes in the past. So yes, let's have Ian Hap there, but Ortega every day. Deckman, now that he's up, every day. Wisdom, every day. Revis should get the call up soon. I want everyone who could possibly be on this team in the future playing every day. Now, I think the big pieces for the Cubs are some of the arms like Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson, and those are the players that we need to see up very soon too because if you find out you got a couple gems in them, now your offseason gets a little more interesting. Now, instead of thinking, oh, we need two or three pitchers, we only need like one or two. Because you know you're going to have Hendricks and Adbert. You're throwing Steele and Thompson. Now you can go out and spend. Go get a Marcus Stroman. Or if you're not into committing long years, because he'll probably want at least four or five years, you could get Max Scherzer for two or three years. He's 37, but he is still elite. That, that He hasn't lost any life on his uh, fastball at all. His ERA is in the twos. like It was like 2.85 last time I checked. You sell him on, hey, man, everyone should pitch at Wrigley Field before their career is over. I know we got rid of a lot of guys, but we're trying to start something new here. We want this to be a quick turnaround. We want to compete. We've got the payroll. We've got the young guns coming through. Because a lot of the Cubs' talent, yeah, they're a number eight farm system. Besides Brennan Davis, Miguel Amaya, I would have said, but he like has a forearm strain and only had like 89 at-bats or something like that before he got hurt. So too small sample size. I think he'll need another full season at AAA Iowa next year, but say by – the second half, if he's killing it, if he's like lights out the first two months at triple a, then yeah, call him up. But Wilson should still be our catcher An extension for Wilson Contreras. I believe is incredibly necessary. This episode is brought to you by built bar. You ask any built bar fan and they cannot stop raving about all the delicious flavors. They have so many, here's my favorite mint Brownie, but they also have coconut raspberry, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange cookies, and cream, German chocolate. And the new one, Grasshopper cookie, which is just like a Girl Scout Thin Mint. Here's the best part about Built Bar, though. Not just the 17 to 18 grams of protein, which is fantastic. We all know how great that is. A wonderful way to start off your day. Calories only ranging from 130 to 180. Also amazing. But here's the best part. Four to five grams of sugar. That's the perfect amount when you're starting for a nutrition bar in the morning. Because a lot of these other ones, not naming names because I might get in trouble, tons of sugar then you get the ones that have it real bright on their label only one gram of sugar you take a bite and you're like blech, what is this you're trying to hurt me in the morning gross you know what i mean you have that reaction that's why built bar is the best bar to start off your morning built bar is the official protein bar of the u.s track and field team that's pretty awesome right go usa so here's the deal You want to go over to builtbar.com, use promo code lock15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's right. Go to builtbar.com, promo code lock15, for 15% off your order. Here's an interesting little tidbit former Cubs pitcher Trevor Williams' father took to Twitter, and he was not happy. He was like, You had a guy who loved pitching for the Cubs, loved playing. Yeah, I think he looked though. And most people responded to his tweet by saying, like, hey, we loved having Trevor on the team, and we were wishing him the best of luck. Every now and then there would be an idiot being like, your kid was no good, dude. What would you expect to happen? It's like, come on, let the dad vent. He was a proud father, grew up a diehard Cubs fan. I believe he even worked as a vendor at Wrigley Field. So, yeah, he's going to be bummed out when his kid gets traded. There's no reason to go after him for it. I thought he was trying to make a bigger case about, like, you got rid of Bryant, Rizzo, Javi. Good luck with your future. Other free agents are going to see this. And I don't know what you're doing there. You got enough money to build a sports book, but you're not going to take care of people who made it so that you had the money to build the sports book. I'm going to call that sports book, the sports book Rizzo Javi, and KB built. That's what it is. Someone jokes. It's gonna be the Anthony Rizzo Memorial sports book, but think about it though. Think about how many jerseys those three sold. Think about how much like, fanfare was for those three people would go out of their way to see them and now it's just i know i know they probably had the deal for the sports book in the works and this is just the timing in which the city could have a hearing about it but it's pretty bad timing if i were the cubs i'd even said to the city can we wait a month or two on this this makes us look really bad we couldn't make we couldn't lock up any of the three and again, just for the listeners who have been upset about this because they are super happy about it, which is still bizarre to me, I think you could have the mindset that, hey, this was the right move, but to be happy about it, being like, oh, I'm glad they haven't they haven't hit in the playoffs since 2017. Just a reminder, they had one playoff game in 2018, two playoff games in 2020. So that's what's a about three or four games there. If you want to count the one-game playoff or the game 163 in 2018 when Cubs-Brewers. Yes, we know the offense got to a point where they just weren't hitting at the same time or they did hit at the same time. It's a very streaky offense They'd have a series in which it's like, wow, we scored 25 runs. And then the next series we'd scored two. I don't know what that was about. It could be the mental makeup of the team. Sometimes, you know, I've used this analogy before. It's like a super band. You know, every decade or so in rock and roll, a super band forms where it's like, we got the bassist from this band, the drummer from that band, the lead singer. Of the... And everyone's like, oh, those all four of those bands are great. The, those four are combining. Oh, this is going to be amazing. And then you hear it and you're like, this isn't that good. What I thought this would be better. That's kind of how it was individually. I always take 2019 as the example. 2020 was a pandemic year just a reminder for people because I see a lot of people go like they didn't hit in 2020 and it's a lot of really great hitters didn't hit in 2020, but it was such a bizarre season because the NL central only played the NL central. The East only played the East West only played the West. You get it. We weren't seeing a lot of players in other divisions. So we were kind of only focused on what was going on within our division and focused on our players. It's a 60 game sprint of a year in which we didn't know if we were going to get any baseball Season started, I believe, July 24th. It was a thing where it's, you know, a lot of stuff. It made it seem like any wrong the Cubs were doing was only happening to the Cubs. was really happening to everyone else. And if you think about it, they couldn't, you know, in a, in a, every season, even star players are going to go one for 25. And during that stretch, you know what a lot of them do? They go to a place called the Admiral on Lawrence and Pulaski to forget their troubles for a little bit. They go to the casino. They go, Hey, let's go to the Paris nightclub. Let's go to uh this joint. Let's go to the scout. Let's go. Oh, that place closed. I love that bar. But anyway, they, they go out and relax a little bit. They take their mind off of things. Couldn't do that in 2020. There, nothing was open. And even if something was open, the players weren't allowed to do anything. And if they, a lot of players who were caught kind of hanging out in large gatherings, gotten in a lot of trouble. So They were just confined to their own little world, and baseball's a mental, mental sport. You know the difference between a home run and a pop-up is an eighth of an inch? You know how tiny that is? The ball has moved over just a slight little bit, it's a home run. Moved over a slight little bit the other way, it's popped up on the infield. It's incredible, and you need to be locked in. And again, even the best players go through slumps every year. Even Mike Trout will have a slump. And what they do, and the advice to everybody is, they go get out of your head, relax a little bit, go out, take your mind off of some stuff. You're 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 thinking too much. One of my favorite quotes from the movie Bull Durham is, "Don't think too much; you'll only hurt the ball club." That's a big part of it. It's a very mental game. Think about basketball and football. Like running backs, don't really slump. They might have a bad game, but they don't slump because it's their legs, unless they're hurt. They got to find the hole. They run, you know. Basketball, you might your shot might be off, but you can still hustle and you're running here or there. Baseball, when you're slumping, there's so many things that can go wrong. The pitcher just knows and just throws you garbage because you're pressing, because you're dying to get a hit. It's, you have to show patience. It's a very difficult game, and I I say all this because some people who have are fans who didn't play it and they might forget this. So when I talk about the Cubs hitters being good hitters but not working together i think 2019 season is a great example really go back go to baseball reference go to Fangraphs. i prefer Fangraphs a little bit better even though baseball references website is way easier to navigate go on these sites and look at the 2019 cubs you will see individual stat lines that were very very good chris bryan hit a 900 ops that's elite only about 10 guys a year have a 900 plus ops Anthony Rizzo had a very big year. He had a 400 on base percentage, slugged over 500. Average was up around 292. Javi's numbers were down from 2018, but still hit 29 home runs. And he missed like the last almost month of the season. He probably would have finished with about 37 home runs, 100 RBI, hitting about 280-something. That base percentage was very, very low. And Contreras had a real solid year. I believe he had like 22 home runs, OPS around 890. And Schwarberg really turned it on. Schwarber had a better second half than Nick Castellanos. Oh, we also had Nick Castellanos there. So, you know, and you look at all that on paper, and you're like, why doesn't this work? I think it's like the band thing. There's just something about those styles of hitters that, yes, it did need to be mixed up. But to me, not to be able to bring back Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo, I guess Javi would have been my odd guy out because you do want to diversify the lineup enough. I guess it's just not to bring back any of them. If they would have traded Rizzo and Bryant, but then said, we're going to keep Javi, and Javi and Wilson are going to be like our, our base right there. And we like Brennan Davis coming up next year. We got Nico at second. I'll say they did make the magical move. That magical at second. Nico, we feel like could play a solid third base. And we're not too worried about the power because we got a lot of power at shortstop with Javi. Wilson's got power. Davis is going to have a power bat. We're going to go out and get a corner outfielder. You know, just have some confidence in your direction and let us know. And I think that's one of the big frustrations has been for all three of them to go. All in the same like twenty four hour period. That was rough, and for you fans who are like, move on, forget about them. That's cold to me. It's cold. How do you? Because you know it's not true. Maybe that's just your way of handling it. Maybe you're upset and you're at a loss for words, and it's a bummer. But you're choosing. You know, t- people handle grief different ways. Some people hit the bot. You know, you ever have a friend get dumped, and you know, so you got the one friend just lays on their couch crying for a week and a half. You have the other one who's like, forget about her. I don't like her anyway. Let's go to the bar. And some people are like, hey, Mikey's handling this well. And those of you who, who know, you're like, no, Mikey is not handling this well. He was with her for seven years. He had the best years of his life with her. And he's saying, forget about her. I'm, I'm over her anyway. Mm, no, something's going to happen there. And then you go to Mikey's house next week and you see a bunch of holes punched in the wall. And you're like, you weren't okay, were you, Mikey? And then he looks at you, single tear, and he goes, I'm not. And that's what I'm worried about with some of the fans who are very much like, forget them, they're on another roster now, you care less. It's, that doesn't seem fun. I'm still going to root hard for these three. I'm obviously a Cubs fan, so I want the Cubs to do well too. But I just want them to show me. Prove it is my big thing I've been saying lately. Prove it. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Do you know this? Baseball season is in full swing. It is, it's August. And you can check all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your Bellator and champion, one champion uh, UFC two MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or your cell phone and check out all the news, sign up bonuses, contest information. Get in on the action. Don't send the silence anymore. Let's go. Head on over to the website and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Hot damn. That's a good deal. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked the Cubs and the White Sox are meeting up today. At 120. Hopefully you're listening to this just before the game. Sorry. It's coming out a little late. Also just a heads up. I'm going on vacation. So I'm going to have a lot of episodes that probably won't be recap related because I won't be able to follow the games as closely. I'll try to keep them fun. I'll tell you more stories about me almost getting public urination nation tickets, you know, keeping it, keeping it interesting. Top 25 ranked podcasts on all of baseball in America. So the White Sox had just lost two of three to the Kansas City Royals. Their offense is sputtering. They're facing Kyle Hendricks at Wrigley. If the Cubs are going to win any of these games, I mean, obviously I want them to win all three. Cause as you guys know, I am a true blue Cubs fan in which I only root for the Cubs. I don't have it where it's like, Oh, they're the other team in town though. I don't, I just don't, I don't actively root against them. I have some friends shout out to Herb Lawrence, shout out to Lawrence Holmes, shout out to Joey Gomez. shout out to Pat McGann. I have a handful of friends that when the Sox win and they're genuinely happy, I'm happy for them. Those are good people. I just named those are great people. I just named. But I will never be like one of those people who are like, oh, I'll wear a Sox hat if I go to a Sox game. Don't worry, the Cubs are my number one. But sure, if I'm there, no, that's just not. I've seen too much. I've been through too much. I grew up on the north uh, side of Chicago. My father worked for the park district on the south side of Chicago. So growing up, I spent my summers on the south side because he would run like the camps and stuff. I dealt with a lot of Sox fans who were not very nice. They would go out of their way to try to make you miserable as a Cubs fan, which was always hilarious to me because if you look at the histories of the two teams, both horrifically bad, I mean, look at it this way since, all right, 1917 to 2021, that's 104 years. The White Sox, or let's go 1918 to 2021, 103 years. In the last 103 years, the White Sox have won one world series. In the last 103 years, the Cubs have won one World Series. So, and in the in total, both teams have won three World Series apiece. So, what's the tiebreaker then, right? What is the tiebreaker? So, if you're arguing with your Cubs Sox fan friends, or if you're a Cubs fan, you're arguing with your Sox fan friends this weekend. Yeah, they have bragging rights right now. They're first place in the AL Central. The Scary Ale Central, it's a terrible division. But no, still good on them. They got a lot of talent, a lot of players I like to watch. But here's the tiebreaker: it would be World Series appearances, wouldn't it? If each team has three rings apiece, I think the next thing would be the number of times you won your league. Cubs eleven times, White Sox five times or six times, I should say. So someone would be like, "Well, we're five hundred in the World Series. You guys have a losing record in the World Series." But still, it's about chances. In this game, it means we won our league more than you won your league. It's about going to the dance, and so the Cubs won there. And then, if you want to go even crazier, number of players in the Hall of Fame, Cubs win. Number of MVP awards won, Cubs win. Cy Youngs, I have not checked, but I'm imagining that is also the case. Our last Cy Young was Jake Arrieta in 2015. Chris Sale never won a Cy Young for them. I don't think so. I think Blackjack McDowell was their last Cy Young winner. And then before that, it's a great question a great question but when it comes to these things the Cubs have the better overall history I mean I always thought it was funny when people were talking about the great droughts in baseball it was always Cubs and Red Sox and I'm like the White Sox drought was worse than the Red Sox how come that doesn't get talked about before the Red Sox won in 04 remember during the 2003 playoffs the Red Sox were in the ALCS against the Yankees you know Aaron Boone hit the home run to end that and the Cubs were in the NLCS against the Marlins. We all know Alex Gonzalez put a double play. Bartman, I never blame Bartman, though. Dusty Baker, more the blame. Anyhow, people were saying, Oh, this could be a Red Sox Cubs World Series, the battle of the two longest droughts. I'm like, we need two long. The Sox last one World Series 1917. So it's Cubs 1908, White Sox 1917, Red Sox 1918. But they were forgotten. Like, that's why the White Sox fans have such a chip on their shoulder. And for that, I don't blame them. They kind of Felt like a stepchild in their own city. They, they get neglected. The national media forgets about them. Local media tends to not talk about them as much. You know, it's one of those things. But also, let me remind everyone, the 1919 White Sox through the World Series. The Black Sox scandal. That almost cost Major League Baseball. Baseball almost went under. If it wasn't for Babe Ruth being this larger-than-life icon doing things that no one had ever done in baseball history and no one else was doing it in the league... I mean, the guy had more home runs in one season than entire teams combined. That saved baseball. The White Sox almost ruined the game back then. So, you know what? You deserve the stuff that you had coming. What was the Cubs? What the Cubs do? Didn't let some guy with a stinky goat in? I never really bought that, though. The Cubs just were poorly run. PK Wrigley was a guy that was like, you can't guarantee a winner, but you can guarantee fun at the ballpark. So he just cared about making Wrigley an experience which is like, you know what's winning's more fun than anything else. Uh, and now Wrigley's turned into this complete. I don't mind the interior of the ballpark. I think still looks great. The exterior looks fine enough. I'm not that mad about it. I know a lot of fans are mad about all these other things going around the, the area. To me, it's always been kind of like that. I don't really see that big a difference. But with the sports book and just the there is like a real corporate Woodfield mall type feel to it lately. That is disappointing. They're not on WGN anymore. There's just a lot of, uh, a lot of big risks. This Cubs ownership is taking with the fan base. They just see, they won the world series and they think we have our needles in them. They're addicted to the Cubs. That's what the, that's what the Rickets are thinking. So yeah, we'll take them out at WGN. Oh, but wouldn't that hurt our viewership? Wouldn't like some fans who don't have cable, never be able to see it. And then plus people watch, WGN across America, they get to watch Cubs games. Wouldn't that hurt her? Nah, they're obsessed with us. We're 2016 World Series champions, right? They all think they're drug dealers who got us, you know, addicted to their supply. And now that that supply kind of carbon garbage, right? I I think that's going to really hurt things overall. And we'll see. They're playing with fire is what I'm saying. I like Hendricks to win today against uh, Lance Lynn, Jed Hoyer's favorite player, Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn is uh, a guy who's really turned it on the last couple of years. What's interesting to me about Lance Lynn is, uh, you know, he's not really young, young anymore. He's, well, I guess he just turned 34 back in May. Uh, he is 10 and three on the year. If you're still in the wins and losses, I'm not so much 2.07 earned run average. That is really good. 120 strikeouts and 108 innings pitched. I know he's been not pitching as well lately, but his career, he started with St. Louis you know, by the Cardinals. The Cardinals then dealt him over to, or he was a free agent sign with Minnesota for kind of a bounce back year. They traded him to the Yankees. Then he went over to the Rangers for two years where he really turned it around in that ballpark. Having back-to-back seasons with an ERA under four in that ballpark was something else. And this year he's pitched the best he's ever had in his entire career. But a little shaky the last two times outing. But, you know, if you look at some game logs here, his last start wasn't too bad. Lance Lynn, pitched against cleveland gave up three earned in five innings so that's not eh. then the start before they against the brewers he pitched very well one earned in six innings Reminder: the brewers don't have the best offense twins who are terrible one run in seven innings twins again one run in six innings tigers one run in six innings has he faced a good team this whole year then he had a three inning start where he gave up no runs i think he left early with like a little blister type of deal Astros, the Astros were the last potent offense he's faced. Six earned runs in four innings. Before that, the Rays, three earned in six innings. That's a a quality start. But, yeah, hmm. it is very interesting to see how many teams that aren't very good that he has uh, faced. All right, just, you know, White Sox fans, don't get too ahead of yourselves is what I'm trying to say. Obviously, I want the Cubs to sweep the games. Going to be tough. Sox are a good team. I feel like White Sox are probably gonna, more of their fans are gonna take over the ballpark. I was checking tickets, they're still like 60, 70 bucks, where if you go to look at the tickets for the Cubs-Sox series down on the south side, like 30 bucks. It's crazy to me how many Sox fans would rather spend their money at Wrigley than their own ballpark. Little weird little weird. Maybe a lot of them live closer. Maybe they like the idea of taking over Wrigley and getting that trash talk going either way. I hope everyone has a great weekend and thank you so much for listening to the lockdown Cubs podcast, making it a top 25 podcast in all of America. We did it, baby. All right, everyone have a great weekend. Go Cubs. Lockdown bets. Everybody betting on the NBA MLB or NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new lockdown bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts.